So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're having a fantastic day, and I hope that you are growing in your confidence and integrity one day at a time. That's what we're all about here. And um, man, we're just ricking and rolling. I don't think I have anything to uh, to comment on other than the fact that I just said ricking and rolling, um, which is hilarious. If you've ever been rickrolled, I think you'll appreciate that. And if you haven't been rickrolled, check out the link in the show. No, I'm just joking. I won't, I won't put the link, but you can just Google it and uh, you'll see what I mean. Uh, today, uh, I think I'm just jumping right in. I don't think I have anything else. Today, we're, we're jumping into the difference between sexual cravings and appetite. This is actually a great follow-up to yesterday's episode where we talked about when does innocent attraction cross the line. And we talked about just the basis of attraction, the different expressions of it, and you know how to manage it in both a uh, heterosexual and a homosexual context, you know, because both of those are becoming more um, relevant. And I would say, uh, you know, the homosexual uh, same-sex attraction kind of scenario is becoming much more prevalent as well in Christian circles and beyond. So, you know, it's it's really, really interesting to kind of just see that dynamic develop. Today, we're talking about the difference between sexual cravings and appetite um, this this episode was actually inspired by a fitness podcast that I, I listened to. Um, many of you know, I've actually shared pretty openly about some of my fitness goals. When we moved to Jamaica, I had a goal to put on 15 pounds of muscle while I was there. And so um, that meant, you know, I got a gym pass and I started eating more protein and, you know, I just started researching it. I don't know if I actually did ever properly follow that up. I wound up gaining about 11 pounds altogether while I was in Jamaica. So I didn't hit my goal. And it's really not a big deal. <clears throat> I am playing a long game with my fitness. So um, if I don't hit goals, I learn why, I figure it out. And then I just say, okay, well, how much more time do I need to actually hit this? Because I will hit my goal because <laughs> I'm in this for the long run. I wasn't just working out to gain 15 pounds. I'm working out to um, you know, build a skill set here and develop patterns and habits that are going to last me the rest of my life. But, um, but it, was, it was lots of fun, lots of fun learning about kind of how to do that process well, and I'm continuing to do so. Um, and one of the podcasts that I frequent was talking about, you know, the difference between cravings and appetite in more of a food context. And they said a couple of things that I, man, I just can't help but think about you guys and think about the whole subject of sexuality. And um, they had some great tips for managing cravings. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest a few tips myself in the episode today, but I thought it would be fun to just dissect the difference between cravings and appetite because they are not the same thing. They are, in fact, different. And I think the better that you and I understand them, the better our sexual health will be. To put it very simply, appetite is biological. Cravings are psychological. Let me say that again. Appetite is biological. Craving is psychological. You know, um, the, the podcast I was listening to, they estimated that 95% of the time when people say they're hungry, 
in America, it is not appetite, it is craving. In other words, it's not biological, it's psychological. You look at the rates of obesity, um, even just the average BMI among North Americans, and it becomes pretty clear that, you know, we eat a lot, (laughs) a lot, you know, and their point was we don't have large enough gaps between when we eat for appetite to truly rise up. Typically, we are responding to cravings. We are actually engaging with food on a psychological level more than a biological level. And there's lots of things that kind of factor into this from a nutrition level, like you know how, how much water you're drinking. And obviously, like if you're exposed to stimulus, you know, then that's going to make you hungry. Um, and again, it's another great example. Like I was fasting on Sunday and my wife was looking after the, the kids of a couple of our friends, uh, really good friends of ours. And so I, I swung over for a little bit and hung out with them. And they ordered pizza, and I fast on Sundays. I fast from sundown on Saturday to sundown on Sunday. And so I'm fasting, and you know, I was actually, I was really hungry in the morning on Sunday, which is not typical. I actually usually don't wake up that hungry on Sundays, but I did. And um, and then actually throughout the day, I was doing pretty good. Like, the it really wasn't that bad. Um, when I get those hunger pains while I'm fasting, generally, it's appetite. It's biological because I've actually gone long enough that my body is saying, look, buddy, like we need some food here. But it was so interesting because as soon as the the pizza came in, you know, the girls had ordered pizza and as soon as it came in, I got super hungry. So is that an appetite or is that a craving? It's a craving. It's purely psychological, right? It's psychological stimulus that created um, or, I don't know, triggered this desire. Now, I am also hungry. There is some appetite there. So that's probably undergirding this. But primarily what I'm dealing with in that moment is a craving. Okay, now I know everything I've talked about so far is in a diet context, but let's transfer this now to a sexual context. You have a desire to watch pornography. Okay, let's say you have a craving to masturbate. You can feel the impulse. Is it a craving or is it appetite? It is not appetite. I can tell you that much, right? Like our our desire, our sexual appetite is actually very, very small. We do not need sex to survive. We do need food to survive. So your appetite for food is a lot larger than your appetite for sex. And you might be going, no, 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 Sathya, since I was a kid, I have been thinking about sex. I have been imagining sexual things. I've had this interest in sex. No, no, no. I have a sexual appetite. Oh, you absolutely have a sexual appetite. I'm not denying that one bit. What I would like to suggest to you is that your sexual appetite is actually very, very small and that it comprises a tiny percentage of your sexual experiences and that a majority of our sexual experiences are actually driven by cravings. So just take that in for a minute. A majority of your sexual experiences are likely driven by cravings. So much of what we experience is is actually its conditioning it's that we've conditioned ourselves to, to crave. We've conditioned ourselves to think of sexual things when we see certain objects or certain people or whatever it might be. M- much of it is craving. Now, let's remember that cravings are psychological, which means psychological stimulus is required for them to be aroused. So when you're fasting, the aroma 
or the sight of food is stimulating. It's psychologically stimulating. And it creates this hunger response in me. I say I'm hungry. It's not the same as earlier in the day when I just hadn't eaten for, you know, about 18 hours and I'm just feeling hungry. That's appetite. All right. Sexually, like I said, you can go your entire life without having sex and you will survive. So the appetite that we have for sex is very minimal. Now that changes when you start to get into a long-term committed relationship. There are biological things within you that long to engage on a sexual level. There is an appetite there. But once again, that appetite is a small percentage of your sexual experiences. A majority of it is cravings. Now let's think about this. If you're watching the Super Bowl or you're watching any kind of sports and you start paying attention to the commercials, you will see a decent amount of them are about snacks because they want to psychologically stimulate you so that you will crave the food. They can't actually make you hungry. They can't actually arouse your appetite, that innate thing. They're not trying to get to your belly. They're trying to get to your mind. And similarly, if you think about all of the sex that we are exposed to, you know, between just your standard TV show, commercials, advertisements that run online, I mean, it, it is rampant. We are the sexual culture and, and the, the hypersexualization of our culture is causing us to be regularly stimulated psychologically, not biologically, psychologically. It's, it's that something is in front of us it, it, it triggers the, the sight or the, the senses in some way rather. And we start to get hungry, quote unquote. Oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I'm triggered. Oh, I'm aroused. Well, yeah, you know, boys will be boys. That's just, the, I guess that's just my biology. That's just the way it is. No, th there was a psychological component going on there. So I hope, you're, I hope you're understanding the difference, okay? Now, here is the key, okay? This is the biggest thing, and we've talked about this all the time on the podcast. I just, I cannot drive this point home enough. Like, this, this might be one of the things I'm still saying when I'm old and gray, just trying to, you know, encourage people and make their lives better. The mark of maturity is extending the gap between stimulus and response. So, yes. You will have things that probably arouse certain thoughts. You will have cravings. Th those moments will happen, okay? That's okay. What we want to do is we want to widen the gap between those moments and our response. So on the podcast I was listening to, the fitness podcast, um, one of the guys was a personal trainer and he was talking about how he had a client who was really struggling with cravings. And so he came up with this system that anytime he had a craving, he was going to do 10 push-ups and 10 sit-ups or something like that. And sure enough, this guy started to, you know, lose fat. He started to add muscle and it was becoming very clear that like his, his dietary changes were having an impact. And the guy was explaining, he's like, you know, when I was a young personal trainer, I thought, wow, this is amazing. What a great system. Like when you have the craving, just do something physically healthy for you instead and then boom it's gone um, but he said what he realized is actually it was not the physical exercise in response to the craving that was so beneficial it was the gap by by having something that he did like almost as a reflex of like oh yep here comes a craving okay i'm gonna go do this thing now he just created a reflex 
that enlarges the gap between initial stimulus and the response. So this is a great lesson for you and I, which is that if we want to kind of fight cravings, what we need to do is enlarge the gap. It might mean that when you, are, when you, when you have a craving, that you immediately stand up and you go for a walk. Could be just a, a one minute walk and you count 60 steps. Could be as simple as that. It doesn't have to be anything complicated, but it's just having something that, that enlarges the gap so that you can get perspective again. So that you can say, no, you know what? I don't really want that. I don't really want that. Because that's what was happening with this guy. He was doing his 10 sit-ups, his 10 push-ups. And afterwards he was like, yeah, I don't want that. I don't want the snack anymore. I don't want the junk food. And, and the same can be true of you. Now, the second thing is, um, is heal your heart. Okay, this is crazy. But when you become a healthier person on an emotional level, okay, you go through healing, maybe some trauma counseling, whatever it might be. When your heart gets healthy, you start to manage cravings very differently. You are no longer ruled by them. You rule them. And that's a big difference. Okay, so the first thing we want to do is we want to enlarge the gap between stimulus and response. I gave you a couple examples. There's tons of other ways to do it as well. But that's a really practical one in the moment. Okay, the second thing is that we want to heal our heart so that um, it's not, that's not really about in the moment. That's so that those moments are fewer and farther between. You see what I mean? We, we're, we're trying to do both. So when the moments come up, we want to have a strategy in place. That might mean that we just, you know, we walk up, we get out of the room, whatever it might be. But the second thing we want to do is we want to actually heal. We want to, we want to resolve those underlying roots so that when we are, um, well, yeah, so that as we heal and when we resolve the roots, that our appetites do start to change. The, sorry, let me use that word better. Uh, cravings. The cravings actually do start to change and the way we respond to them is different. Now, the third thing that you want to do to, to beware of your cravings is you want to be very careful about how you reward yourself. Be very careful about how you reward yourself. If you reward yourself with things that you crave that you normally wouldn't have, that's a very slippery slope. It's very dangerous. Okay, now in a food context, that's a little bit more obvious. It's like, well, I really shouldn't be eating so much chocolate. I crave chocolate all the time. But then, you know, you go a week and you're like, okay, well, awesome. I'm going to reward myself with some chocolate. And then you binge, right? So that same, that same kind of concept does apply in a porn addiction recovery context where it's like somebody, I, we've actually had clients who are like, you know what? I was going so strong. I went three weeks without watching porn. And then I felt like rewarding myself and I decided to watch some porn. So you want to start paying attention to rewarding yourself in a really healthy and effective kind of way. So what we're really looking for with rewards is like, I personally don't really reward myself with junk food because I have such, I have such a strong sweet tooth that it just does bad things for me. It's a really good motivator, but it's not actually that fulfilling as a reward, right? It just leaves me wanting more sugar. So what we want to do is we want to start conditioning our brain to value rewards that are fulfilling. That mean, might mean quality time with a person. Um, maybe it means buying something for yourself, but not something that's like just a frilly video game, but something that's meaning that's going to add a little bit of purpose to your life. See, the, the more that we reward ourselves through ways that are fulfilling, the more we reinforce our value and we, we start to uh, wear or, or eliminate, rather, those other patterns of, of reward, the other patterns that would draw us to the chocolate and that kind of thing in the first place. 
So that's everything for today, guys. I hope this helps you. Um, I want you to know if you have an appetite, if you have cravings sexually, there's nothing wrong with you, but it's probably the product of some conditioning and it can be reversed. There's a little bit of work to be done, but you can do it. And when you do, you'll be amazed at what happens. So I wish you guys an incredible day. I want to thank you so much for listening. Have a great one. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Thea again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.